When I'm driving on the highway and somebody zooms past me at high speeds or they're like weaving in and out of traffic, I don't know, trying to get ahead. I always wonder, where are you rushing to? And is putting your life and mine at risk worth it? Just to save a few seconds. Welcome, I'm Krista, founder of alifeinprogress.ca and rebrandingmiddleage.com. I work as a writer, grief and trauma-informed mind-body coach and joyful living educator. My work is for freedom seekers, truth tellers, and stubborn questioners, highly sensitive souls, slow movers, and non-hustlers. The anxious, grieving, messy, and healing, reforming people pleasers, perfectionists, performers, and peacekeepers, and brave, weary, and curious humans ready to quiet the conditioning and noise to reclaim freedom, wholeness, and joy. So I'm glad you're here. I'm a slow mover. I am wired this way. Always have been. I need a lot of spaciousness and breathing room in my life to think and learn and connect the dots inside my mind and process, integrate, and just generally be healthy. But I also lived much of my life in chronic pain, had a disease in my hip as a young child and and um, from about five years old lived in often severe chronic pain and had trouble walking. Um, but I just as a human, I am not wired for hustle culture. And this means I don't create or produce at the same rate as some people. And I have learned to build a life that is sustainable and soul honoring, at least mostly, because I'm always in progress. Um, this is something that I work consciously at. I work hard at. It means that I have to put blinders on, keep my eyes on my own path and practice lots of self-compassion um, and quiet the noise. And all of this work helps me feel safe at home and even joyful in my body and my life. So we're all wired differently. And, and I love how if we're all healthy and whole, we, we form this beautiful whole. We all get to bring our gifts to the world in unique ways. And I think that's fascinating and, and amazing. But this world celebrates the the hustler, you know, the mover and shaker, the one who's constantly producing and and seems to be, you know, burning the candle at both ends. So it does take work if we are wired differently to learn how to release judgment and just show up fully as we are. I want to start this episode with four questions. I'm going to read the questions real quickly. They're simple, but you can take note if you'd like. And then I'm just going to, you know, chat about each one of them briefly. So the first question is simply, do your needs and wants matter? And if so, are they honestly reflected in your behavior? We could also ask, are they reflected on your calendar? 
in your spending plan? Where are you rushing to? What seasons are you in? And how can you honor your wiring in this season? So do your needs and wants truly matter? Often in midlife, this is a time, you know, I've mentioned this before, whereas women, we, we take stock. In some cases, we're brought to our knees by circumstances that we didn't ask for or want. Um, and that can be, wanted or not, that can be a catalyst for tremendous growth. Um, in other cases, it's just, you know, I think have a combo of enough life experience um, along with being pulled in different directions and that we, and a, and a diminishing capacity in some ways where perhaps, you know, in our twenties and thirties, we could stay up till two in the morning doing things unboundaried. And all of a sudden we're like, yeah, no, that's just not going to work for me anymore. And so we're challenged to rethink, re-envision a different way of being in our bodies and lives. But what is true at any in any life season, at any age, is that we cannot pour out what we don't also pour in. We can't pour out what we don't also pour in. And the reality is that women are conditioned to pour out over and over, more and more, until we are teetering at the edge of burnout and complete depletion. It doesn't have to be that way. But really, until we really, you know, I don't know, until all most of us or many of us keep practicing a new way and modeling that to younger generations and encouraging each other and um, honoring each other's boundaries, etc. That and also, you know, just the messiness of life means that there are some seasons where you just don't have a choice. But what are you modeling? to your children, if you have children, to your sisters, your friends, even, even the women ahead of you on the journey in some ways, like age-wise, life season-wise, because, you know, what's true is that like our grandmas, our aunties, they didn't necessarily have this model to them that they have permission to choose for themselves. So it's an interesting thing that if you're 40, 50, 60, learning these things, like learning how to um, communicate boundaries and have a voice and honor what you want to need, you get to have this impact to different generations or on different generations. Are you trying to pour out without pouring in? Is that working for you? Um, and so where are you rushing to? This might be something you take out on your walk. Where are you rushing to? I, I need to ask myself this regularly. When I notice urgency in my body or my mind, where am I rushing to? What timeline am I trying to operate according to? And whose timeline is it? Because it's usually not mine. Often there's a story attached there, right? Like a story of, I'm running out of time. 
Could you allow yourself to slow down a bit more, to breathe and pause? Your worth isn't found in performance or productivity. It isn't. And as much as that thought alone could make an entire season or episode of a podcast, we aren't going to dwell here, but your worth is not found in performance or productivity. My worth is not found in performance or productivity. If it is, then what happens if you are ill and laid up for months? What about the person who's struggling with their mental health and they can't work? What about when we age or have a, a surgery or are faced with some kind of other physical limitation? Then what? I believe that our worth is inherent. We don't, we don't have to do anything to deserve it. We can show up and offer our gifts, offer what we have to give from a place of restedness and wholeness. But I don't have to prove my worth. We can opt out of hustle culture. Now again, I... I do have respect for other people wired so differently from myself who are in integrity. One of my kids, she thrives and in, in, in so much, so many different activities. And she is joyful and she is just being her true self. And as her mother, I can see that she's going to have her own learning curve around learning how to also rest, allow that. Um, but we're wired differently. And, and I can celebrate and delight in her, but I am not wired that way. And honestly, I'm exhausted just thinking sometimes about her schedule. You can opt out of hustle culture. It doesn't mean you don't have to work or make meals or show up for other people or commute. And I'm not talking about fairy tales, but if you really believe this, that you do not have to prove your worth, it doesn't mean you don't have to pay the bills, right? Often these conversations are complex, but there will probably be places where you can allow yourself more rest or breathing room or spaciousness if you need it by shifting your perspective on this. What season or seasons, plural, are you in? Now, again, this is a big conversation, and I will link to two different posts at lifeinprogress.ca that help you get a sense of what I'm talking about. I've mentioned in previous episodes that I practice seasonal living, and I use a framework of seasonal living in my personal life and my work. Um, and sometimes it's just running behind the scenes. It's not always obvious to other people, but it's something that I need and that helps me honor my wiring and capacity in every season. So when we're talking about seasons, we can talk about the seasons of the year in the calendar year. We can talk about the seasons of our life cycle and we can also talk about emotional or spiritual or psychological seasons of life. So the example that is easiest to offer, I find, is like deep grief. 
deep grief is a winter season. So you may be in a busy summer season of life in your 40s with kids in school and, you know, soccer and playdates and work and all these different things going around and then be thrown into a season of deep grief, a winter season. And there's going to be some conflict there. Um, and the more that we understand that there are qualities or characteristics of these different seasons, and the more that we then learn how to work with and not against those qualities while being honest about our emotional and energetic capacity as a human, like just my wiring versus your wiring might be completely different things. But as we learn how to, to understand the seasons and we learn to understand ourselves, and then we learn how to work with and not against no matter what else is happening around us or in us, frankly, we can experience so much more peace. Doesn't mean it's easy. Doesn't mean we want to be there. Doesn't mean we don't like wish life felt kinder. But we're able to more face the truth of what is, name it, process, as opposed to suppressing, running or avoiding. And then in a sense, make peace with what is so that we can move forward with intention and eyes wide open. There is beauty and wisdom to be mined in every season, even the hardest of them, even the slowest of them. You know, even for somebody like myself, who is by nature a slower mover, I struggle with the seasons where I can't do the things I want to do. So I remember, you know, nursing babies and seeing the dishes or seeing things that I wanted to get done. But, I, you know, I'm, I'm with my babe for hours and hours. So I, you know, I learned how to crochet while holding my baby to keep myself kind of busy um, or anchored even, grounded in that season, you know, I've gone through season of really challenging hip replacement and recovery. I couldn't get a whole, whole lot done. I could barely walk, you know, um, grief, deep grief where, you know, I've been through grief before, but losing a child is nothing like losing my parents as hard as that was. And, you know, every time I kept longing for spring to come again, longing for something other than where I was, it just, it took longer, you know, it just took more time and you can't rush that process because even there, you're putting down roots. There's work, important, important work that's happening that prepares us for what's next. Every season includes there's beauty and wisdom in every single season even the hardest or slowest of them so again i'll link to two blog posts um, around this idea if you're interested ideally you get a sense of what season you're in you know you just spend some time whether you use resources on my website um or you just 
contemplate for an hour and just name the truth of whatever is happening in your life. Like for instance, um, I'm going through, like, this is not me. This is just an example, you know, say I'm going through late perimenopause and I'm experiencing hot flashes and I'm really tired. My sleep is disrupted. So I have less bandwidth. Um, I have this creative project that I really want to take action on, even if it's slow and steady, but I'm also launching another child into the world, taking them to university and they're going to need lots of support. My marriage needs some extra attention right now. You know, just like name what is and then move into this next question. How can I honor my wiring in this season? I believe, you know, really, ultimately, if my work could offer you anything, it would be, it it would help you befriend yourself, befriend your true self, know, like, and trust yourself. But wherever you're starting in this journey, simple rhythms, rituals, habits, and practices can support you in building the life you desire and and in expressing the truth of who and how you choose to be in the world. So what are some simple rhythms, rituals, habits, or practices that would help you honor your wiring in this season? So a really simple example, but one that actually has quite a significant impact in my life and has for a very, very long time is a simple and portable morning routine. When I'm working with women, I recommend that you start with something that has like maximum five components, and it could be completed in about 20 minutes if necessary. But in seasons where there is more spaciousness, you know, you can take a bit longer. We want it to be simple and we want it to be portable. So what that means is this routine is going to be an anchor point, a steady point in your life no matter what else is happening. It can go with you in, in travel. If you're, if a loved one is in a hospital and you need to be there, you can take this with you in some capacity. Um, whether all hell is breaking loose at home or you're in a like a lovely kind of easier season, that simple portable morning routine is there for you. It, it, it's like an anchor in the storm or a deep root that holds you, again, no matter what else is happening. So, you know, my mind, for instance, I won't tell you the whole thing right now, but mine always includes gratitude in the morning. And then my evening routine includes what I call my three, two, one practice, which I've mentioned in a previous episode. So I begin and end my days with gratitude. And gratitude, by the way, side note, does not bypass like it's not about bypassing so if i'm grieving somebody gratitude does not override that it's just it lives with that what it does is it helps me remember that my whole body isn't only pain there might be the tiniest crack the tiniest sliver that includes something else my whole life isn't only terror or despair it also includes even a tiny smidge of beauty, you know? So I had my daughters to get out of bed for, for instance, after my son was gone. And gratitude 
is just that it helps me practice paradox or both and. So my simple morning routine includes my French press, which I love. I love the ritual of it, grinding beans and making my French press. I love the aroma. I love the taste of coffee um, and gratitude. And, I'm, and again, I'm not, that's just a couple. Those are two components of my morning routine. But I have lived this, how anchoring a simple ritual can be. Um, I also block out time for rest and checkpoints. So I'm, I'm getting better and better at honoring my need for rest, but honestly, in part, it's really just because I was forced to, and because I'm in a season now where I don't have little people in my life. So, you know, just being honest, it's, it's challenging for a lot of us, but when my kids were really little and I was homeschooling, I would always have like a rest or read hour in the middle of the day. And we would go to our own little corners and and just have some spaciousness so that I could parent with more patience and joy. Um, a few years ago, I remember that I started like 4 p.m. a rest hour because that's one of the times, especially autumn and winter and spring, that's my favorite light. I just love that light. Um, and so it was just a perfect time to kind of just take a breath before making supper, before maybe driving kids off to evening activities, etc. And now my rest looks different because I'm in a new season. But what is always true is that I look in my day and my week, my quarter and my year, and I block out time for rest and for checking in to ensure that I am aligned with my values. It gives me a breath to notice what, what's going on. Am I anxious? What's at the root of that? Is there a leaky boundary in my life? What is or isn't working for me in terms of my health or my relationships or my finances or whatever? Um, and so um, what do I want to say about that right now? I do want to say more in a bit. Oh, actually, I do want to mention something that I didn't know about years ago. But part of this, how can you honor your wiring in this season could be exploring different types of rest. So I don't know if you have heard, <clears throat> excuse me, excuse me. A couple of years ago, maybe Dr. Sandra Dalton, um, published a TED talk about seven different types of rest. Um, and I have some worksheets available on my website. I'll link to that for you. You can access, access those for free. And I call it eight types of rest because I've added in an eighth. And I have found that people, women that I work with, or even a friend recently, I was surprised she hadn't heard of this, that it enlarges or expands our the conversation around rest and our understanding and helps us get curious and more creative about how no matter what else is going on, we could potentially bring a sense of rest into our lives. Now, the reason what there are many reasons I think this is beneficial, but one of them is because, you know, we're wired differently, but also like traditional forms of rest, we might think of like a bubble bath or a nap and 
we may hate that type of rest. Or if you're in a season of trauma, your nervous system doesn't want to rest. It's scary. It's really hard um, for some of us to, to slow our bodies down and to feel safe. So what works for one person may not work for the other. But, um, you know, for one person, yoga nidra might work really well. For another, it's just walking in nature or by water. Um, some people are love being around people more. So what looks like rest for my friend Kathy um, is completely different from what I need to feel really restored and filled back up. So I'm, I will link to those and I'd be really curious to see what stands out for you. Okay, so we're talking about the truth, I believe, that more and faster isn't better. There are many paths to a brave and beautiful life. We are wired differently, I believe, on purpose. And then there are other factors in life that influence our capacity Um and the, again, the more that we can truth tell about not only how we're wired naturally, but also the factors that have shaped us or the factors that are at play in our lives in this season. And then we can, and then we learn how to work with that, not against it. Again, we show up with more peace and ease. But in every season, we need to build the muscle of imperfect action. Um, I love to highlight that imperfect action, not just action, because one of the things that I've seen for years is that there's this, you know, we get people jump on bandwagons, get all hyped up, kind of raw, raw, like, yeah, I'm going to start this new habit and I'm going to, you know, Monday morning, and then you fall off the wagon two weeks later and you stay down. So what I'm interested in is building sustainable, soul-honoring movement, slow and steady towards what you say you want, towards that vision you have for your life, or towards who and how you choose to be in the world. Faster, more and faster isn't better. And in fact, it, it's unhealthy. I have found certainly, again, I'm not going to speak for every human in the world. I can speak for myself and I can definitely speak for the women with whom I work. That slow and steady with consistency will take you far. It will lead to powerful results, but you have to get off the couch. All the theory in the world will not take you where you want to go. One more course, one more degree will not take you where you want to go. The only way forward is risk. Step into that tiny bit of light you have, take one step forward, and then the next step will unfold. If planning is good. I am a planner. I love planning. I'm a vision-oriented human. So I map things out and then I come on back knowing full well that I can only see so far ahead of me. So I have to hold the future loosely um, and just step into what I do know and then take the next step, the next step. We find our way in action, not before. 
We have to build the muscle of imperfect action and release any judgment around feeling wobbly or stumbling or feeling fear or, um, you know, self-doubt as we step into something new. That's just human. You can't avoid that by one more course. What all you can do is take the first step and then keep practicing, right? And that's why I just say all the time, like we're all simply practicing. You get to move at the pace of your nervous system. Next episode, I believe I'm going to speak a little bit more to this idea. But whether you're healing and grieving, whether you're creating or building a business or a family, writing a book, um, I don't know, doing whatever it is, you know, building lower body strength, You get to move at your own pace. More and faster isn't better. Actually, I hadn't written this down, but this is a great example, I think. I mentioned a disease in my hip as a child, living in severe chronic pain, a hip replacement. I walk with a limp. I have physical limitations, but I don't let that stop me from building a life. I just move at my own pace. Um, I can't do what some other people can do, but that isn't my job in life to do what other people can do. My job is to be present to my own body and life and decide what it is that I want and to find a way to move towards that, honoring my capacity. So um, for the last three, well, I think two years, one of my mind, body, spirit intentions has been strength. And, and what that has meant for me is rebuilding emotional strength, spiritual strength, psychological strength, and physical strength. Um, And there are different habits and practices that I have incorporated into my life to move me into that. But in terms of physical strength, I've needed to really focus on lower body strength. Now, as midlife women, really, this is a good thing for all of us, muscle building and building lower body strength, because it's important for longevity and Um, being able to, you know, live the life you want to live. But also, I already have a very weak leg, so I have to focus on this. But when I started Pilates just over a year and a half ago, oh my gosh. Like uh, yesterday, my Pilates instructor was pointing out how something that I was doing that was hard, like I was sweating and it was, you know, challenging. She was like, Krista, do you remember when you started? I couldn't even put my leg, I couldn't hold my left leg up on its own. I had to use my hands to prop my leg up to push against this board. And now I can do it, like without any difficulty. Often when we're in the thick of things, it's hard to see our progress. It feels discouraging sometimes. I'm like, we'll never get anywhere. But all you have to do is practice imperfect action one tiny step at a time. And it's amazing where that can take us. We get to move at the at our own pace, we get to move at the pace of our nervous system. Mm-hmm. Begin as you mean to go on. Honor your wiring and capacity. All right, I just wanna say one more thing to wrap up this post. I know I've thrown a lot of ideas out and if one of them stands out to you or you're curious about learning more about one of these, you can reach out to me. Um, my email is krista at alifeinprogress.ca 
And and you can ask a question, or I, I might be able to point you towards a resource I already have made. Um, one, so in terms of seasonal living, in the calendar year, spring for me is a time of resting, recalibration, and restoring or restoration. So spring is my is one of the it's like while it's there's a sense of rising energy, I'm in the northern hemisphere again. So um this may feel differently for you if you're in the southern hemisphere. But spring for me, post long dark winter, there is a rising excitement and energy happening. But what I'm clear on is if I jump too far ahead, too fast, I'm not ready yet. But if I just take my time and I and I shore up leaks in my life, I look for any ways that I need to kind of tighten up any systems or um, fill any gaps in my life, um, make sure that my support system is strong and steady, um, make sure that I am rested and I have good rest practices built into my life, then I am equipped to step into a busier season. So for me, spring is that time that I, I count on to do this work. But also, I build time for this in my day, my week, my... Oh, oh, I know. Okay, so one hour a day, for instance, one day a week, often Sunday, for me, um, one weekend each quarter, that, you know, that can be larger than that as well. I tend to make sure that I have some rest, some chunks of rest built in. And then each year, I take two weeks at my birthday for visioning. And I have two weeks at the end of the year for visioning. I may need to do some work in there and I'm engaging with family, etc. But I'm creating some spaciousness in there. So I have these checkpoints built in that allow my mind, body, spirit, some breathing room. I do some visioning and planning and mapping things out, but I'm also listening inward. So this helps me never get pulled too far off track. If I've been pulled into urgency or comparison, I have a, a, a checkpoint coming up where I can notice what's happening and come on back. Um, and so that's something that works really well for me that you could consider for yourself. All right, let's wrap up. So imperfect action. Um, I have two ideas for you today. One of them is just print a free, you can find many online, print a free one page year at a glance calendar for the year. And block out some time for rest or check-ins, even seasonal check-ins, just at the equinox and solstice, for instance. It doesn't have to be at that time, but that can be a reminder. Just if you go through your life and you hope that you'll remember to rest, it's not likely. We have to be proactive. We have to honor ourselves honor our true needs and wants and just our our basic health and proactively build in time for rest 
and listening inward. So that's one idea, one way to practice imperfect action today. Another is to grab that eight types of rest worksheet set from alifeinprogress.ca. Something that I've been enjoying lately, well, I've already actually touched on it, but it is my weekly and seasonal checkpoints. My gosh, I live by these. Not even joking. I'm I'm not sure about this, but I'm switching planners. For about seven years, I've used a particular planner. And what I love that it has the weekly check-in built right into it. And that's one of my favorite times in the week. If possible, I sit outside if it's, you know, not too cold. Um, and I just give myself some space to walk through the check-in um, and see what I've accomplished, what worked for me, what didn't, what I'd like to continue, what I want to release or pivot on. And then I also plan forward. So I love that. And then my seasonal check-ins, again, a seasonal framework helps me helps me really love myself well and move with more strength through each new season of my life. So for me, around the equinox and solstice, I pause to check in and I have some different exercises that I walk through. Um, for instance, a release and receive exercise where I'm just saying, okay, so I check in with my values. Am I on track? Is there anything that needs to shift? Um, I check in with my mantra. I check in with my mind, body, spirit intentions and just ask myself, what do I, what do I need to release to, you know, be in alignment with these things, my values, my mantra, my mind, body, spirit intentions, and what do I want to receive? in order to walk these out. I also use that as an opportunity to update my weekly rhythm. But um, I want, so anyway, so the invitation here is that my Brave and Beautiful Community Autumn Session is open for enrollment, early enrollment. And one of the gifts that people will receive if they join during early enrollment, which runs from September 4th through the 15th, is you can join my seasonal transition call. So my brave and beautiful members get this for free. They get all of the workshops, any workshop or seasonal call for free. But you can jump in early and receive that for free um, we're going to hold that on September 20th, just before the equinox, and you will receive a workbook that you can use for years to come if you want to guide you through some of the process that supports me as I move through my year. Um, these calls will be recorded. So if you can't join live, you will also you'll still get the workbook and you'll receive the recording. And one more special gift for um, members who enroll early for the autumn B&B session. And again, that session, the early enrollment is September 4th through the 15th, is a 10% coupon code for the first 10 people only. 
The coupon code is OVERFLOWING10, capital letters, OVERFLOWING10. You'll see it in the show notes. Again, it's only for those two weeks, and it's for the first 10 people. And you can take 10% off whichever uh, method of of registration you choose. So you get to choose. Do you want to sign up for one session, three months? for a full year or a full year with coaching. And you can use that coupon for whichever one you choose. All right. Um, Oh yeah. And I did want to say, I'll share more maybe, yeah, in the next couple sessions. But um, if you're curious about my community, please go over to my website um, and look in the coaching and community tab in the menu and um, and just check it out. Read more about it because I don't want to share too many details here. But our theme for the next year, it starts in the autumn session through winter, spring and summer. And the theme is filled up and overflowing. All right, so I'm going to leave you here with this seed of thought. Make peace with messiness to make space for joy. Until next time.